I don't know what the weather will be like ever because the world <laughs> makes no sense. But the earth is healing. We are the virus. But we are the virus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see. It. I would love it so much if in the new Doom movie you like someone walks through the sketch and like carved into the wall of the cave is the earth <laughs> Arrakis is healing. We are the virus. <laughs> I don't care how dead the meme is. By the time we get the first shot of a sandworm, I'm posting that on Twitter. (laughs) Look. Yes. They're back. Hello and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Megan Sunday. And I'm Bo North. On this show, we are discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. And this week, we are back to talk chapter 42, just as soon as we fix these false toenails. (laughs) It was such a weird detail. I had to include it. The fake toenails and then also, like... We can garrote you with your hair, their hair. I'm like, okay, Uh guys. Yeah. (laughs) You're trying real hard. (laughs) The bunch of fancy lads. We start a car with their acrylics. (laughs) Oh, how the hell are you, Megan? I am good. Considering Uh, all things considered. All things considered, you know, we're getting stuff done. Yeah. Although every so often I think. What if I just did a huge project? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, yeah. I've been talking about reorganizing all of my cabinets because mm. our apartment has very few, like very little cabinet space. And I really want to make some room for some other stuff. And I think it, it's just not like the most efficient that it could be. Yeah. But, like every time I start taking stuff out of the cabinet, I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm going to play video games. Yeah. So. I'm going to like loiter around on TikTok some more. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm have i replaying Assassin's Creed Syndicate right now. So it's just like, <laughs> I'd rather be running around fake London than cleaning or reorganizing my own cabinets. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel with all of my story games. I'm mm-hmm. like, I could do that. Or I could, you know, just click through this romance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I suppose we should get started on this chapter. It's a big, beefy chapter. It we is. A lot, a lot happens. A lot happens. we got a lot of ground to cover, so we should probably get started. And then we've got some awesome questions mm-hmm. at the end of the episode. So, all right. So we're going to start this week with a reading from Muad'Dib, The 99 Wonders of the Universe by, <laughs> I mean, it sounds That's a like... It does. It sounds like someone's summer album. Hottest album of the summer. The 99 Wonders of the Universe. <laughs> Paul Muad'Dib featuring PM Dawn. The 99 oh, PM Wonders Dawn. Of- I know, right? Yes. Yeah, that's drift for on all memory you- bliss. That's for all you Gen X and older millennials. Uh, okay, so here we go. When law and duty are one, united by religion, you never become fully conscious, fully aware of yourself. You are always a little less than an individual. Uplifting. Mm. I mean, I kind of think this one might be kind of spot on a little bit. It's true. No, no. Yeah. It is, but it's just like, oh. Yeah. Like, you know, when you start religion, but then just keep condemning the religion, it doesn't really Well, I mean, and I'm not even saying that that's even a bad thing, because I think uh, part of this has to do with, like, community and and family. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, like, like I, okay, I get down on the church all the time. You know, I am not a religious person in the least, but a lot of people have found like value in that society and like having that support from people Mm -hmm. i think that it does both a lot of harm and a lot of and it can do a lot of good it's just you know it just depends yeah no exactly Mm -hmm. 
So this chapter, we get a returning character. Yes. Right, right off the bat. Right off the bat. Gurney it's Gurney. He's back. Gurney man. Yes. He's with the smugglers. He's mm-hmm. in charge of them, almost. Pretty much. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they have fallen precisely for Paul's trick of making a fake spice blow. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, ooh, that's a rich vein right there. Let's tap it. And he's like, you know, we're, we're so deep in the desert. That there's not going to be any Harkonnen. I don't like the Fremen, but I don't think there'll really be any Fremen around here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they'll never know. And he keeps thinking that the Fremen have got so much better at organizing and fighting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it just, it's so it's, familiar. It's kind of spooky. <laughs> I like how he never at any point considers that it could have just been anyone from, the, like, what if, what if it was Duncan? Duncan, yeah. You know? Like, Duncan was one of the greatest swordmasters in the galaxy, so. <laughs> and he was, you know, amongst the Fremen, so, I mean, and we know that he doesn't know what's happened to him because he asks about him at the end. So the fact that he doesn't at any point think, could someone have gotten away and been mm-hmm. trading? Like, no. No. They've just, they're just getting better on their own. So the smugglers land. Mm-hmm. And, and then, oops. <laughs> kaboom. <laughs> Sky rockets in flight. <laughs> Seriously, they are using rockets to take down Ornithopters. They've got rocket launchers. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, the Fremen jump out of their hiding places and engage the smugglers. And Gurney gets one right up in his face. He's just like, hey, peace out. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, there. you know, he could only see the eyes. And he's like, "What? what's happening? And, you know, you, you never look at the hand. You always look at the knife. And he looks at and the man, the person speaks and it's Paul. And poor Gurney, man. He is gobsmacked. Yeah, Paul takes his mask off and Gurney's just like, whoa, shit. <laughs> <laughs> then they do some some man hugging. Yeah, it's hugging really for men. I got a little emotional reading that. I was like, Aww. Oh, I mean it's sweet, but there's also just they're you know, hitting each other on the back, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That thing that dudes do. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> I've seen Brian do that, like when he hugs like our guy friends, and I'm just like, <laughs> "You're very strong. You should not pound them on the back." <laughs> like that. You don't know your own strength. What have you done? I always talk about his ginger strength. <laughs> uh, and so it's it's sort of nice how he keeps coming up with these ideas, and then Paul just looks at him like he says, "You know, you should have told me you were alive, and I would have come right away." And Paul's just like, "Mm-hmm." He's like, "Oh, and someone would have wondered where I went." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Good point. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Paul is doing a lot of pointing out the obvious in this chapter. Like, hello, yeah. would <laughs> think uh, you taught me, dude. <laughs> You know, and Gurney tells his men to stand down, and he's like, okay, this is all a big misunderstanding. And they're like, half of us are dead. Yeah. He's like, well, it was still, it was a really big misunderstanding. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, they're friendly, they're friendly. And then he's kind of looking at Paul like, you're friendly, right? Uh, You know, Gurney tells him via their code, their old Atreides code, that Mm -hmm. there's some new men that he doesn't quite trust yet amongst Mm -hmm. the smugglers. And that they're Uh, dangerous. They're dangerous. I would never be able to figure any of that out. I'd be like, what? Was that wiggle? Mm-hmm. All right. What are you doing? Yeah. Because they kind of wave their fingers around. They have like a finger, yeah. like a sign language. Yeah. Gurney kind of like moves his finger and then Paul like touches his mouth and it's like, oh, uh, what? huh? What? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so. Uh, but Paul still does gar- point out like he's like, well, you were trying to steal from us. So yeah. you're. In our lands where we yeah. don't want people to be. <laughs> right. Um, uh, Stilgar shows up and he brings the Balisette. And he's just like, hey, I think this is for your friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and where was Stilgar all this time? He was protecting Chani. 
which I love. He's like, she's my niece. And Paul's like, mm-hmm, that's why you were there. It's because you love me. Admit <laughs> it. You love also, me. Also, she's his niece, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a maker coming. Yeah. And so there's this little sass moment from Gurney, because Paul's just like, well, it sucks that we couldn't save the carry-all, because they blew it up. Yeah. And Gurney's just like, you know, all those men that were lost like in the ornithopters and the carry-all. And he just goes, your father would have been more concerned for the men he couldn't save. <laughs> and Paul's just like, I don't need this. Yeah, Paul's kind of like, and where did that get him? Yeah. And he's like, I know they were your friends, but they were trespassers to us. Yeah. And Gurney realizes he keeps saying us and we. Mm-hmm. And he's a little taken aback by that. Although, like, come on. Yeah. I also because his eyes are blue. Yeah, he's been ta- he's been fully, you know, taken into the fold of the Fremen, and you know he's not. Gurney's trying to like reconcile the fact that this is not the Paul that he knew. Like it is Paul, but mm-hmm. you know the the time has like hardened him and changed him. He they see some of the Fremen get on the Maker and take off, and Paul's like, yeah, it's one of the things that most people shouldn't see. And Gurney's just like, holy shit, you guys ride. <laughs> whoa and he says well my dad always talked about desert power and that's it that right there <laughs> i take a look at that them worms right there um, and he's just like you know we figured it out because raban doesn't send out air power this far and since you guys did we were like well that's not all right mm-hmm. and so he's the, he wants the gossip like, what are they saying about Raban? And he's got all the villages, like, shored up. Yeah. Basically, they're immobilized because the Fremen have been, you know, so active mm-hmm. and so proactive in going after the Harkonnen lately that they're like, oh, yeah, we're just, like, reinforcing certain areas. And Paul's like, oh, he means they're immobilized. They're stuck. And then he asks Gertie if he wants to enlist in his campaign. And Gertie's like, uh, I never left. You guys abandoned me. Okay, Gurney. Look. <laughs> your hurt feels. <laughs> Gurney is very sensitive in this in this chapter. He is. I get it. It's, an, it's a big thing, like, to discover, like, after years that this person that you love, that you've known since they were a baby is alive when you thought that you've been mourning for them all this time like it's got to be emotional Mm -hmm. and maybe he's not thinking his best but he has been in touch with Thufer this whole time so you know that little dude's been doing his work and he's so gurney is so like he's trying i know he's trying to reconcile this but he's so pseudo like he's so very judgmental Mm-hmm. Like, he's judgmental about Paul's eyes, because he knows his have gone a little blue, but most smugglers bring out outside food, and it's actually considered a bad thing if your eyes go too blue. They call, you know, they consider it, you know, quote-unquote, going native. Mm-hmm. And then Chani comes up at one point, and he realizes that they're together, and he's just like, oh, so you're with her. And he's Is that like, your woman? And Paul says, yeah, and the mother of my firstborn, you know, like, I have a son named after my father, and Gurney is just sort of like, oh. <laughs> like you are in deep like, yeah <laughs> um and so he's just they start to discuss who these new men might have been and he's just like i kind of think they might be sardaukar like yeah. they have that feeling about them and then one of the they decide that they're all going to go to the Cave of Birds because they can be mm-hmm. secure there and figure out what's going on. And one of the other Fremen refers to Paul as Muad'Dib. Yeah, and then poor Gurney, he's like, what? That's oh. you? <laughs> and there's a sandstorm coming. So Paul's just like, let's all get inside. We'll decide what to do with the prisoners after the storm. And Gurney's just like, holy shit, he's mm-hmm. Muad'Dib. He doesn't, like, he's going to decide what to do. Mm-hmm. Like... There's all these stories about he's Mwadib. a leader. Like there, uh, you know, he's been talked up amongst the uh, the people about you know he's been making drums out of Harkonnen skins and <laughs> things that I assume aren't true, Paul. Yeah, well, I mean, but I, I think that that's you're right there, Megan, because 
you know, there's a part later in this chapter where Paul said, you know, there's like a fight and Paul mm -hmm. says, they'll say I slew all of these men by myself when I never even took my knife, took out my knife. Like, yeah, you know, that's the thing about legends is, you know, their legend grows. You can't stop it. It's like a snowball effect. And this is when Stilgar brings up the Balisette, mm -hmm. and they both just kind of glare at each other, and Paul says, I, I would like you guys to be friends, like, shake and be friends. <laughs> like, you're friends now. Come on, guys. Mm -hmm. And then they all go down into the cave, and they go to, Paul takes Gurney aside to talk, but then, uh-oh. There's an alarm. I like that it's an alarm symbol. So I feel like there's just yeah. somebody, that's their job. It's like, oh, no, clang, clang, clang. <laughs> right. It's one of those little monkeys. <laughs> no, they're so creepy. They are very <laughs> creepy. Uh, and it's the Sardaukar have definitely revealed themselves to be Sardaukar. They fight like them. Mm -hmm. And they are attacking the Fremen. But the Fremen capture three of them and kill all the rest of them. <laughs> Yeah. And Paul's just like, well, what the hell was the point of this? <laughs> yeah. Um, he also notes that he's the Duke. He keeps referring, like, with the with Gurney and with the Sardaukar, he's like, you know, the Emperor gave Arrakis to the Atreides, and I'm the head of the Atreides. I am so, the Atreides. Yeah, know, I back, think this back is, up. it's really um, kind of, it's huge. Like, I don't want to downplay this moment, mm -hmm. because this is the moment that, Thing, like the the timeline of events like as soon as he says those words to the Sardaukar guy like the timeline just ramps up like crazy yeah because like he's openly basically say, saying like I'm coming for you emperor of the galaxy <laughs> of the universe <laughs> like I'm coming for you I'm gunning for you motherfucker prince of space like in Katamari Damacy right so I mean, it's a it's a very big deal, and you can tell that he like makes that decision in the moment, like the opportunity, mm -hmm. I guess, presents itself, and he takes it. Uh, I <laughs> when he tells the Luxardic car to stop, mm -hmm. he says, "You know, who who? How dare you threaten a ruling duke?" and he says, "You know, you're Sardaukar. and the head guy says, "Well, how do you know who says we're Sardaukar? and he's just like. Uh, he they have a knife on them that has the seal of of you know it's yeah. a Sardaukar knife, and so he says this this does, and then the guy's just like, well then who says you're a ruling duke? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like okay, everyone calm down. <laughs> um, so he asks his lieutenant Corba how they still had weapons, and he says that they had knives concealed in pockets in their still suits. Which good lord, mm, yeah. And later, he says, you know, you got to be real careful, Sardaukar, because... Yeah. They... He's like, I should have warned you. He takes responsibility, because Korba's like, well, I failed you. And he says, no, I failed you, because I didn't give you all the intel. Yeah. Sardaukar always have hidden knives. They, they have, have false toenails <laughs> or two that they can combine with other items secreted around their bodies to make a transmitter. Let's think about that for a few moments, everyone. It's so gross and weird. They'll have so more than weird. one false tooth. Yep. They carry coils of shiga wire in their hair. Uh, That's strong enough to, to rot a man. A man's head. And cut off his head. Yes. Gross. He's like, so basically with Sardaukar, you have to scan them, scope them with reflexes Shave and hard rays. Shave off all their body hair. <laughs> And then you still won't have found everything. Yeah, that's oh. like, no, thank you. That sounds like a lot of work to me. Charming. <laughs> um, and so the captain of the Sardaukar is just like, what do you want? Mm -hmm. Well, and... first, like, Paul mm. gets him to admit who he is yeah. by using the voice on him. This and I is think true. Yeah. Gurney's kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, and one of the other, he says, you know, the emperor would love to know that they're still in Atreides, mm -hmm. despite what he did. And one of the other Sardaukar kind of tries to jump out and attack Paul, but his captain kills him and yep. tells the other one, like, stand down. And Paul's just like, well, you're my prisoners, and I don't 
Because he says, I killed a friend for you. Don't forget that. Paul's like, I don't care what you did. Yeah. <laughs> Paul should have been like, we kill our friends all the time here. We're fucking Fremen, dude. I have it hanging over my head that I might have to kill my friend today. So. Yeah. So don't feel real sorry for you right now. And then Corb is like, well, then we should kill them. And he tell he says, now I want them to escape. And Gertie's like, what? <laughs> And... Yeah, because he wants he wants us to get back mm-hmm. to to the emperor. Like he wants the emperor to know, like I'm coming. Because he says, you know, how many guildsmen are there with Raban? And Gertie's like tons, mm-hmm. because they're they're buying all kinds of spice. And he goes, like it's... "Is the most precious thing in the universe?" And Paul's like, "It is the most precious thing in the universe." And, and we control it. I think it. there's, yeah, there's like a moment where Gurney says something about, well, the Emperor will get to you or something like you can't. And he's like, the Emperor can't touch me mm-hmm. because I control all this. And this is, I mean, this is like the crux of, of yeah. the novel here. And he says, you know, we control the spice. And he's like, no, the Harkonnens control it. And he's like, no. He says, the people who can, can just, who can destroy a thing, they control it. Important. That will be important later. Uh, that's a good one. That's very mm-hmm. little prince-esque. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you're responsible always for that which you have tamed. Yeah. Uh, so... This is around the point when Stilgar is just like, all right, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Paul hands him the knife, the Sardaukar knife, and he's like, you want to go now? <laughs> he's like, this is really stupid. And Chaney's like, whoa, what? <laughs> and uh, he he's like, you know, this is stupid. I'm, I'm totally setting myself up to, this is my planet this planet was given to my family. I am the Duke. I'm going to be running shit soon. You really think I got time to to take care of all the nitty gritty business of running the siege? And he says, you know, Stilgar says, but it's the way. And he goes, yeah, it's also the way that when there's outsiders, we you kill, kill them. them and take their water. But you didn't do that for me or my mother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you've already changed the ways. Yeah, like, like ways we- are made to be changed. And he says, you know, do you think I wish to cut off my right arm? I love that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And he says, do I wish, do you think I wish to just deprive myself or the tribe of your wisdom and strength? He's like, dude, yeah. I need you. Because the thing is, it's like, he asks Stilgar, would you kill me for the good of the tribe? And Stilgar knows, like, because Paul is the Lisa Nagaib, like, he's their sort of what is the word I'm looking for? Like their religious figurehead, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that would not serve the good of the tribe. Yeah. And he says, you know, if if you want to fight me, that's fine. I'll stand here and let you kill me. I'm not going to fight you. Which is kind of a baller move. So Stilgar drops the knife and he's like, all right, ways change. And Paul tells Chani to go and get his mother and send her there because mm-hmm. he wants her available because they're going to have to let everyone know that he's not going to fight Stilgar. Mm-hmm. And they're going to need Jessica's backup to say, like, this is, like, things are changing. Yeah. And Chani's just like, but you said we were going home. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, yeah, but the Harkonnen aren't there. So, which... But he does want... He wants her to stay there. Yes. Like, he doesn't want Chaney coming back because he, you know, she's too important to him. She does He doesn't want to have to worry about her. And she should go, like, hang out with the baby for a while. Yeah, stay with her son. Because he says, you know, well, she goes, well, I'll come back with your mother. And he's just like, no, just send her here. You know, I'm stronger when you're safe. So mm-hmm. you stay there and I will, like, my mom will come here and help us. Yeah. Uh, so then Gurney, real, meanwhile, has gotten real grumpy in the corner. Oh, yeah. He's doing. And Paul's so, like, worried about Chani that he's just like, wait, what? <laughs> and Gurney's like, your mom. And he asks about 
he says, well, Duncan Idaho saved us the night of the raid. Yeah. And Gurney's just like, well, what happened to him? And he said, well, he's dead because we had to escape and he bought us time. Yeah. And... Yeah, and Gurney uh, starts thinking about how Jessica's an evil witch. She's he's evil. She's or vengeance she's... against her, and he doesn't like Paul. Doesn't even know that she's evil. He doesn't even know that she's the one that that betrayed them all. And I'm just like, come on. Do you think he's an idiot? Like I know he's a he's young, but do you think he's an idiot? And Paul kind of thinks bitterly that, you know, he, like you said before, he, he's like, I didn't even draw my knife, but everyone will say that I killed 20 Sardaukar all by myself. Mm-hmm. And Gertie follows him and he's so angry and he just thinks, you know, the she-witch alive, although she betrayed her bones and lonesome graves, I must contrive it that Paul learns the truth about her before I slay her. <laughs> God. Uh, how do you think this is going to go, Gurney? <laughs> The weirdest part about that to me, and this is, you know, spoilerific, but I'm going to go there, is that obviously he doesn't do that. (laughs) Yeah. That's not going to happen. But by Children of Dune, they're fucking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't think in Dune Messiah, no, because that's, but after, yeah, like. Yeah. It's only mentioned a couple of times, but by that point, Alia is just kind of like, yeah, my mom's got stuff to do, and that <laughs> stuff is Gurney. Right. <laughs> like, well, you any, two made up. <laughs> any port in a storm, I suppose. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I mean, again... We both read romance novels, and there's yes. a lot of, like, I know you killed my entire family, but I see the good in you. <laughs> Let's bone. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm not going to defend some of my romance choices here. Oh, boy. I refuse. <laughs> I recently read one that there was, like, a side story in an f- earlier book where this woman just gets utterly humiliated and it destroys her marriage. Mm-hmm. And then in the next book, she's boning the dude that did it because he's just like, well, I only did it to prove that your husband wasn't a good man. And she's like, <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, man. You know what? I realized you were right and that my husband never really loved me. And now he's dead. So <laughs> what are you up to later? Right. Oh, love romance. Anyway. So this is this is uh, a, a big chapter. Like lots of stuff going on. The end pissed me off so much because I'm like, this is Thufer like working yeah. his little you know, working his little I campaign mean, against Jessica. Like I I get he honestly believes it's her, but like whatever. It's super. It you is couldn't super smart that it was another person of the Baron to still be telling Thufer that it was Jessica. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That at no point has he been like, oh, hey, new mentat, here's the deal. But Thufur is not like, hey, maybe this guy is not trustworthy. Well, you know, he thinks that he's, you know, he's a mentat. He could figure all that out. If the if mm-hmm. the Baron was lying, he'd be able to tell. Sure, you guys sure. Suck. <laughs> all mentats suck. Like, what yeah. is the deal with you guys? <laughs> no. Yeah, awful. Yeah. Pretty, pretty useless. <laughs> like. Uh, but things are really ramping up now. And mm-hmm. I think the story is going to be moving much, much faster. We don't oh, have yeah. very many chapters left. We don't. Not at all. Yeah. Like, we only have like. Like five chapters left. Not even. I don't, yeah. I think exactly five, actually. Yeah. And they're all pretty, pretty slim. Exciting! It's very dense. Like things happen. I know. <laughs> it, this is the thing about Dune, though. It feels like there's so much time that's just like Paul thinking about his terrible purpose and blah blah mm-hmm. blah, and then all of a sudden it's like bah, 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 bah. <laughs> story, 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 story. Yeah. But yeah, like that's it's. I mean, I'll take action. Yeah, it does. It does. And I think, like, the last third of Dune is really exciting and very good. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm excited and to get into those chapters. Dude Messiah is a thing that happens. <laughs> I I don't hate Dude Messiah. I don't hate Dude Messiah, but it's very short. Yeah, and it is. It's slim. I've never entirely understood why it wasn't just like book one of Children of Dune. Mm-hmm. That's all. I mean, and I yeah. don't have the publication dates in front of me or when they were written or anything, but it just has yeah. always seemed to me like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just to me. So should we uh, answer some questions? Uh, yes. We got a lot of questions this week, so that's we exciting. We did. Um, okay. So I'll just go in order here how they're posted. Okay. Uh, this first question is from Zach. And he asks, what do you think the structure of the movie will be? Were you happy reading the comments by Dennis about the Baron in the new film? And what's the one thing you're hoping to see in the trailer? I'm hoping the structure is fairly straightforward because I do think it's a pretty straightforward book. But it's uh, Dennis villain. villain there is that, that as well. Yeah. Um, so I also wouldn't be entirely surprised if it doesn't start with like, I don't even know what, like Paul in the desert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, but since we've seen pictures of Caladan, I'm assuming we'll get at least a couple scenes there and not just flashbacks. Cause those mm-hmm. are some moody picks for a flashback. Mm-hmm. I like to hope Paul doesn't have flashbacks of himself being moody. <laughs> now that I've said that, that's exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I would like to hope that it would be pretty straightforward because I think that that will help people get into it. Yeah, I think because Dune is already such a big, weird, complex world Mm -hmm. to step into, like when you start sort of playing with the timeline, it might make it even harder to sort of slip into. But I will say that this director, I feel like, is... You know, he's got a good grasp on the material and, you know, stuff that shouldn't really translate well, I feel like does in his hands. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, usually. Usually. Yeah. Um, But then, so the comments about the Baron, I was pretty happy. I am Mm. a little, I'm wondering what the whole like armored like a rhino thing is supposed to mean, but I'm Mm. assuming we'll see that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if that is meaning that he's not going to be just, oh, he's obese. Right. I do kind of feel like, you know, he has a a very, like, pared down aesthetic. So I don't think it's Mm going to be, like, I don't think that we're going to get a lot of, um, and just based on the pictures that we've seen already, too. Like, I think that that's going to carry through into this movie, uh, you know. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be terribly ornate and I am encouraged yeah. by what I've by his comments about the Baron because like that is something like I mm-hmm. don't want him to just be this one note. Oh, he's fat and gay and therefore evil. Yeah. The way he's written. So Yeah, and I I'm already I've been annoyed at one Stellan Skarsgård character like over the last couple of weeks when I wrote about <laughs> Thor, the dark world. So let's just like, let's just make me happy. everyone. <laughs> That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. And I know what you're going to say for the third part of that question. What's the one thing you're hoping to see in the trailer? I know what you're going to say. You want to see a glimpse of Alia. I do, but I don't <laughs> think we're going to get it. Not in this movie. Probably not in not. this movie. Um, I, I just had the worst thought, which was that I was going to say maybe they'll end it. You know, maybe the cutoff point will be like Jessica having Alia. But then I realized that would be the exact same cutoff point as Breaking Dawn Part 1. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of the same kid. I'm having an existential crisis. Right. Oh, um, as for me, um, I'd like to see in the trailer... I would like to see some of the sort of Bene Gesserits and Spacing mm-hmm. Guild, like some of that, like, you know, political tension happening there. I want to see the Bene Gesserit being spooky. I want to see someone using the voice. And I I'd like to worm. see, I want to see, and I really want to see um, Duncan doing his thing, you know, being yes. a sword master. Because really, like, that's exciting. 
I have hope because the ones, the stills that we've seen, there's mm-hmm. one of Jason Momoa with everybody else, like the whole kind of House of Trades, like mm-hmm. group, group pick. And then there's the one of him with the swords. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that that's Drunken Duncan. Cause yeah. He was looking a little disheveled. Mm-hmm. Shirts all unbuttoned. Like, thank so- you. <laughs> I mean, he's Jason Momoa. He's just going to take his shirt off. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? If you were Jason Momoa, would you ever put a shirt on? I don't know. That would be so. the greatest drunken moment <laughs> of all time if he was just like, What? You're stupid. I'm taking <laughs> off my shirt. It's so hot in here. <laughs> Everyone's just going like, Oh dear. <laughs> oh, he's doing it again. Duncan, no. <laughs> okay. Duncan, uh, we talked about this. <laughs> okay. So but I would love to see a sandworm. I guess I just worry that well, one thing with trailers is that a lot of times, I mean, and now we have nothing but time, but a lot of times effects aren't finished. So mm-hmm. I would worry a little if it looked dumb, people would just be like, oh, that's stupid. Yeah. And yeah, because I don't need that to be a big part necessarily in the movie, because the scene where they first see the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park is still cool. And that was in the trailers. So mm-hmm. yeah. Show me a worm. <laughs> I'd like to see some of that lightning before a sandstorm. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay, so moving on. Yes. Uh, this question comes from Lovecraft named his cat what? Do not Google that. It's <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> but that is a good It's a name. good handle. Yeah. But he named his cat something horrible and racist. Uh, Lovecraft was pretty racist. Horrible and racist, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry to burst any bubbles, but... Okay, and the question is, if you could make your own Dune video game, what sort of game would you make? Okay, I've given this some thought. Okay, yeah, this in. is more a question for you because I only play <laughs> romantic story games. So, I mean, I think, A, it could be a really good, like, one of those story games because there's so many opportunities True. in Dune for things to go, like, one way or the other. Like, there's so many paths that mm-hmm. you can take in this story. So I think it would be a really good story game. I also, because it's my favorite game series, like I mentioned Assassin's Creed Syndicate earlier, a game similar to that where you've got like, you know, you have to solve a bunch of puzzles and, uh, you know, fight a bunch of dudes mm-hmm. and find like artifacts like, hey, I have to go on this mission and find my father's skull. like stuff like that i think would be extremely cool that's really all these little things it's like escape from monkey island or something right i mean build shrine it's kind of i don't know like it's kind of i'm not the best person to ask because even though i do play video games i play very few like i have a couple that i like Mm -hmm. and i just play those um i'll try different things but Usually I'm just like, that was fun. I'm going to go back to playing Destiny 2 <laughs> because I'm lame. Uh, so that that's kind of it. It, it would make a good I'm, fighting game. Yeah, and I don't even know, like, honestly, I don't even know who makes certain games. Like, I have mm-hmm. friends who work in the video game industry, but I don't know if the company they work for makes those games. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, so, so I can't like, even ask them. I would say either a Ubisoft or a Bungie style game because those are the two <laughs> games that I play the most. Um, okay, so I hope that answers your question. Sorry, they can make we're... a card game, and then our husbands would enjoy it. Yeah, a tabletop. The tabletop. Someone asked us actually if we were going to play it, and I was like, uh, or if we were going to talk about it on the show. And like, I I hate to disappoint any listeners. I really do, because you guys are precious to us. Mm-hmm. But I do not play tabletop. I actually have no patience for it. Like, even this podcast, like, if it runs longer than an hour, I'm like, okay, I got to get out of (laughs) here. I'm extremely ADD. (laughs) So I enjoy games, but that would require, I think, one, more people than you can legally hang out with at this point in our our time frame. And two, Mm -hmm. we live on different coasts, so we couldn't play it together. Yeah. Um, but we do have a friend, um, Miss El Busco, who has played the Dune tabletop game. Like, I think the one that was just released recently. Yes. And 
I would like to actually have her on the show to talk about the game (laughs) and and just find out because I remember her like giving us updates throughout the day. They were playing all day. Yeah, I know. It was a big one. And it took hours for them to just set up like it's apparently (laughs) it's a big undertaking. Oh, boy. (laughs) So we're going to have her on at some point to talk about that. She's actually a really awesome podcast guest. So. Yeah, stay tuned. Um, should we do another question? Yes. yes. Okay. This comes Here's from several. Matthew, Matthew Bacon, who asks, what, who, sorry, not what, who would you cast for post-transformation Lado 2? In other words, whose face would look the best in a long, chunky AF worm body that rides around on a floating Walmart scooter? That's a pretty good question. And I have, just for me, um, I'll say Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> He's too... I think the issue is that I don't know... I don't know if we're told if his weird human face ever ages. Mm. And all this stuff goes down when he's like 12. Um, that's the other thing. Anyone who was all like, woohoo, McAvoy. Yeah, they age that up. A lot. A yeah. lot. Because it's weird. Yeah. And uncomfortable. And we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> um, I don't know. Because I just don't know. I can't think of anyone young enough who has, like, gravitas. Because I don't. I'm old. I mean, I don't Timothy watch Chalamet is the only one that I would say. Well, we've already got him. And we've already got him. I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, I, I, I don't know because I don't know like the the youths the way the he kid used to. Logan Lerman who was Percy Jackson, uh, but I saw him on Hunters. He's but very he's, good. He and he's but he was great. Percy Jackson, but, and, but he's and he's also white. Oh, true. Point, <laughs> yeah. point, point. We got to think in terms of that as well. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm honestly not sure, yeah. but it is something that I will give some thought to and get back because I, I can see us like when we start. Doom Messiah, Children of Dune, and then God Emperor of Dune. Like I can see us coming up with like our little cast for each each book. So when we get to God Emperor of Dune, remind me again, <laughs> and and we'll I will have thought of a better answer by then. I mean, uh, he has to age some. Like his face has to age some. I mean, you'd think Queen Nori is not going to be like, hey, hot stuff. You're twelve. In Who, the Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows what I know. her motivations are? It's Dune. And Dune, as we've said, is really it's fucking weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, oh, one more that we got, just because I want to give this information out. We got mm. one from Corpru Reed. Yes. We asked if we were going to do the Dark Tower series. And we have been. I think what they're asking is if we're going to do another podcast where we do Dark Tower chapter by chapter. Oh, good Lord. That is an We're undertaking. We're going to be talking about Dune till the end of the Earth, so. I mean, we could do them concurrently if we were going to do them. It might be the kind of thing where, like, if people want that, maybe we'll do a Patreon. Uh, it's something to consider, I think. But it is a huge time investment. Yeah. Because Dune already is a huge time investment. I know <laughs> that I'm reading one chapter a week, okay? But it's still, like, the show itself is a time investment. And I love doing it, but two po- I already do two podcasts, and doing three mm-hmm. is a lot. And then we had one more. I think we have two more. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's one more, but it's two questions. So this comes from A Dance Macabre Macaw, <laughs> which I enjoy saying quite a I bit. I love that. <laughs> and they ask, uh, might be a bit beyond the scope of the current pod, but how do you think things would have changed if Paul had sired children by Rulin? Uh, and they also, they sort of answer their own opinion. They say, you know, mm-hmm. one positive, depending on your perspective, it, I can imagine, is Rulin not being involved in the conspiracy against him. Perhaps without her, it hardly forms appreciably. One negative, again, depending, is that royal step-siblings often feud of dire consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can see it being very Shakespearean. Yeah. Um, it just depends, I think, on who Paul would name his as his heir. 
because you know Paul was his parents weren't married and he was the duke's heir so mm-hmm. like he was a quote unquote legitimate son but like even being married to someone if they had a child would they would that kid like have precedence over who Paul wanted to be his heir I don't know the politics behind it I do think that Irulan would not have been as involved I still don't think she would have been happy because like Cheney is from the Fremen you know they have like you know many wives I don't know how the husband situation works if a woman can have more than one husband but you know they're kind of used to that like their culture that would not have been as big of a deal to her I feel like yeah but with with a ruin I think it would have been like it still would have bothered her even having children with Paul if he loved Cheney and his children with Cheney more yeah although I mean the issue I see the reason that I think that that might have actually ended up being sort of a better solution is that I don't know how keen Chani and or the children actually ever were on Mm -hmm. inheriting any of that nonsense you know I mean I think they might have been perfectly content to not have those responsibilities and just be like oh our half brother half sister Sue gets to deal with all that shit sure I mean I that I totally get however I think Irulan's children are where you really have to worry because when I say it's like Shakespearean you'd be like oh this is my brother and they totally love me I'm gonna kill them because they're a threat to my rule this is true this is true some real Titus Andronicus shit up in here (laughs) delicious yeah so I mean you guys had some really awesome questions today and I want to say thank you for that and um you know if you have more questions in the meantime feel free you can tweet at us you can email us at weirdingpodcast at gmail.com we're on instagram facebook all the places you guys know the deal by now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i want to talk for a second Mm -hmm. about the discourse okay let's do it so this week because this is the way that the media works off times now Mm-hmm. Someone in an interview about something unrelated asked David Lynch if he was planning on seeing the new Dune movie, and he said no. That he had zero interest. And the reason that he said this is because, you know, he was talking about how making his version, all that it took out of him, and how heartbreaking it was, you know, having it wrenched out of his hands, and the way that the studio butchered it, and how it was, became this, like, black mark and everything. Mm-hmm. Of course, all the headlines say is that David Lynch has zero interest in the new seeing the new Dune. Yeah, this is very which, much, again, like Martin Scorsese hates James Gunn. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, that's not what he said, first of all. Which Second still of makes all, shut the fuck up, James laugh, Gunn. Because <laughs> who was asking Martin Scorsese if he wanted to like, go see Avengers anyway? Yeah. Like, and he's like, granddad, like... He's just like, that's not my kind of movie, and that's fine. That's just not the kind of thing that he wants to see. That doesn't make it any less enjoyable for you. Only because I don't recall if I brought this up at the time, but I'll just do it now. I would just like to gently point out to people that when that was happening, and people still do do it, Mm -hmm. when you want to talk about how, like, Guardians of the Galaxy is better than anything that Martin Scorsese has ever made. <laughs> and your way of making that point is to just do a lot of, like, bada-bing, forget-about-it, like, jokes. <laughs> yeah. That's shitty. And kind of, it's not, you know, it's certainly not racist, but it's a little ethnocentrist. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, don't make fun of Italian people. Like, don't make fun of anyone's ethnicity. Like, oh, shut up. Yeah. yeah. Um, as, as our resident Italian... <laughs> and yeah, like shut up like come on uh, i mean i just don't like james gum very much so well, that's fair yeah so but so people were taking that article the one about david lynch and just mm. saying like oh he's a bitter old man he just makes weird movies about talking to monkeys and blah blah oh, blah. Yeah. i never liked his movies anyway and it's like okay look but that's not what he said like in the middle of an interview about something else they asked him about a remake 
not even of his movie, which people insist upon still saying. It's not it's a not remake of a his remake movie. of his movie. It's no. a different adaptation of a book. Mm-hmm. And you guys leave David Lynch alone, okay? Come on, he's, he's actually like I think he's probably a really nice guy from what everyone has said about him, that he's actually really sweet. So just leave him alone. I mean, I saw people responding to just the headline of these articles with insults about how he smokes. And it was like, really? We're going all the way to personal insults because you think he may have said he doesn't want to see a movie. <laughs> yeah. Sure. This, all right. We need to stop this. There, You don't have to be outraged. You know, this is the thing. Like, you can just see that headline, even as incorrect and inflammatory as the headline is, and you can just choose to be like, hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be like, my blood is boiling and over that's everything. Thing. It's like such a waste of energy because, like, who cares? And I find those sorts of things so uncomfortable anyway because, for me, I have a deep fear of a Q&A. Mm-hmm. I've been to Q&As and I, mm-hmm. I'm always on the edge of my seat just like no, no god please don't follow me <laughs> Not no, no, it's please don't ask anything awkward yeah please don't mention your fanfic please don't talk about, you know, a different <laughs> role when they're here for something else, you know mm-hmm. uh, if you're at a Joe Hill book signing don't you don't have to talk about Stephen King mm-hmm. um, unless you're talking about things they've written together <laughs> right. so, you know, stuff like that and the fact that this interview was about something else entirely and they were still like, hey, how about Dune? And I get that a lot of times, you know, journalists and interviewers have a list of things that they were told they had to touch on. And okay, mm-hmm. but then somebody, mm-hmm. somebody somewhere made the choice. It's like, you know, any any interview with Tom Hiddleston about like the night manager and it was like, are we going to see Loki again? It's like, I don't know, is Loki in this? <laughs> yeah, they all got to have a gotcha. And it's... It's very tiring. It's a, it's pretty exhausting. And sometimes they're allowed to talk about other stuff. Especially when it's in between things. Mm-hmm. Like he has nothing to do with this movie and it doesn't come out until December. Yeah. Like, and here's another thing. People actually really like that movie. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. It's okay to like that movie. If you like it, that's great. Like, I would never begrudge anyone enjoying something that doesn't hurt anyone else. And that's the thing. It's like, does it hurt anyone? Even if David Lynch was like, ugh, I'm not interested. Fuck that. Like, even if he was like that, like, who cares? That's his opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, let it go. <laughs> Just le- let him be. You don't want someone else telling you that your opinion is wrong. So why do you feel comfortable, you know, yelling about this person that's been in the business for years and years and years and has had a lot of ups and downs? Like, why why does his opinion matter to you that much? And also, like, I think a lot of people were also just using it as an opportunity to be that person going, well, I I always thought David Lynch was overrated. Oh, God, I hate that. Like, who do you think you're impressing when you're like, well, I never liked them? It's just like, it's not a moral victory that you never liked someone. It's like when Ke- everyone was like, hey, by the way, Kevin Spacey's a creep. I wasn't like, oh, well, I never liked him. Because... Well, Who fucking I mean, to cares. Be, to be fair, like to be fair to the Kevin Spacey thing, those rumors were around for a very long time. So, well, like, yeah, they were, they were. But you uh, know what I mean. That's just I know an what example. you mean. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, it's like I when just the had next to show person off is that I outed. follow celebrity gossip. Yeah, or I used or to anyway. Like, look, every no one liked the last season of Game of Thrones, and if they do say they did, or if they say that they liked it, they're lying. I'm sorry, nobody liked that season. But it's like, I wasn't standing back going, oh, well, I never liked it. So <laughs> you're all stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> just because yeah, I didn't like it doesn't mean that my non-enjoyment of a thing invalidates your enjoyment of it. 
Uh, let's just all like there's so much else going on right now people mm-hmm. you can still care about tv focus and movies obviously elsewhere. yeah but let's focus on just enjoying stuff and enjoying yeah. whatever it is that you enjoy like if you don't like the lynch movie if you do if you think that twin peaks is overrated like fine don't watch twin peaks man there's a, a lot of other you're stuff wrong. on <laughs> and b i mean granted but <laughs> well, I mean, the latter half of the second season. <laughs> yeah, well, that's apocryphal to me. <laughs> <laughs> Once Billy Zane shows up, you're just like, nope, I don't know what I'm watching anymore. Oh, no, I'm piecing um, out. <laughs> <laughs> Once James leaves town, uh, like, okay, bye. And then Twin yeah, Peaks is over. How shitty is it that we all quit? <laughs> that, like, that's the time when you stop watching is when James leaves town. The worst character <laughs> in twin peaks <laughs> someone right now is writing a scathing rebuttal about how he's the best it's like nah, no you i'm sorry you're incorrect this, you are wrong objectively james <laughs> sucks <laughs> his poor aunt and uncle had enough to deal with they didn't also need that lurking around no. their house with his gloomy gloom face this gloomy gloom face and his bad, bad song. All the songs. Oh. Anyway. Hmm. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so enough I about think that. That's that's my rant. It just really peeved me this week because as soon as I just I'm went actually and... glad you brought it up. I completely forgot that happened this week because with everything I saw else, the meme like, I made about it on my phone. So I'm like limiting my social media. To strictly TikTok this week. <laughs> Only Billy's videos about, about Macbeth are bringing me any joy. They're amazing. <laughs> They're pretty Teachers good. Teachers on TikTok are bringing it. Yeah, they are. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I guess I'm on TikTok. I've made, like, you know, two TikToks. One's about Dune. So, yeah. hey. Um, so, that's that's out there. Yeah, I, so... I haven't made any. I just endlessly scroll through them <laughs> like an old. I'm sorry, youths. I'm sorry, Gen Z. There's nothing oh, else to do. it's ruined for you now. Like, yeah, we know. have found TikTok. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, this is what sorry. Facebook, this is like when, what, you know, happened with the millennials and Facebook when, like, Gen X and the boomers found out that they could join Facebook. <laughs> and on Twitter, we're all just there. <laughs> forever Sue, so, do you have anything to promote um not really i mean i'm doing brooklyn 99 recaps over at the spool.net so if you like that show check those out i'm you know got a couple irons in the fire right now i don't really have anything else going on how about you uh I forget if I mentioned this last time, but I wrote about Thor The Dark World for The Spool, mm-hmm. and I just got to do a review of Middle Ditch and Schwartz, which is three comedy special- specials that are on Netflix right now, uh, and that is also at The Spool. Mm-hmm. I will say, too, um, if you're a fan of 90s comedy, that the cast of The State just did a quarantine version of porcupine racetrack it's on youtube <laughs> it's really funny and great uh it's one of my favorite sketches from the state so did you try to get a call i was gonna ask you about that try to get a call ken marina was calling people oh my god i had no idea no <laughs> i mean i couldn't do it i could i would no we've already discussed how like I'm not good at talking to famous people. I get <laughs> diarrhea of the mouth, so. <laughs> He'd be like, I need to hang up now. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I I would, my energy would weird Ken Marino out. He has liked a couple of my tweets. Like one was like a screenshot of their highbrow, lowbrow sketch, which is, so good it's so good um and then but like the tweet i had sent out right before that was like an extremely thirsty for ken marino tweet so he did not like that one 
I can't. I, I can't help that, it. Like I am a very. Oh, that was when we watched lady. the Babysitter on Predictive yes. Cast. Oh yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. He wasn't that. <laughs> I just like keep having flashbacks to that. Oh, to him flashing everyone and party down. And he says it was a prosthetic, but I choose to believe that that was his real equipment. All actors, unless they're European, are always mm-hmm. like, oh, that wasn't my real penis. And I'm always like, was it, though? Well, Idris Elba, you saw those, like, pictures of him walking down the street in London, and he's got, like, like it's very defined on his pants. Like, you can see the outline <laughs> of stuff, and he's like, no, mate, that's a microphone. <laughs> I wish, or something. And we're like, that's not a microphone like why would you just have a microphone in your pants i can see what that is (laughs) like stopping also that's even more confusing (laughs) what do you say it's entirely photoshopped (laughs) don't a microphone (laughs) you know he never knows when he might have to dj that's true I think this is a really good place to wrap it up. I think you are correct. (laughs) Well, thank you everyone for joining us this week. And we'll be back next week for more Dune Adventures. Bye. How's that for an ending, huh?